coming back here for what was scheduled to be less than one week before I went back to Europe uh, was a week that changed the world, I think. Welcome to the Bar Bend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by barbend.com. Today, I'm talking to Phil Andrews, CEO of USA Weightlifting. Phil has been on the front lines of weightlifting governing bodies as they adapt to the challenges, changes, and postponements due to the COVID-19 pandemic. We chat about USA Weightlifting's early reactions to the situation, including changes at the Arnold Sports Festival in early March, up to cancellations and social distancing policies that impact athlete training today. We also look ahead to this year's scheduled Tokyo Olympics and why USA Weightlifting is introducing online lifting as opportunities to replace qualifiers for large national and even international event teams. Also, I want to take a second to say we're incredibly thankful that you listen to this podcast. So if you haven't already, be sure to leave a rating and review of the Barbend podcast in your app of choice. Now let's get to it. Phil Andrews, thanks so much for joining us. This is actually the second time we've had you on the Barbend podcast, and circumstances are a little different now. I, I need to ask right off the bat, how are you doing? I know that your travel plans were uh, certainly changed due to the pandemic. Well, I, I guess I'm still alive, and there's that. <laughs> oh, the eternal optimist, Phil Andrews, CEO of USA Weightlifting. <laughs> you've, you've called you've called optimist weekly here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's an interesting time to be alive, that's for sure. Well, just to give folks an idea of what exactly uh, or how exactly your life and your travel schedule has been impacted, um, you were supposed to be in Europe right now. Is that correct? I was. I was supposed to be in Lausanne, Switzerland. And instead, I dialed into a conference call at 3 a.m. this morning, <laughs> which lasted most of the day. Um, and I have to do the same thing again tomorrow. Well, you are you are a trooper, and, and I'm sure lifters around the country and globe certainly appreciate you working around that time schedule. I, I have to ask let's let's go back a, a couple of months. When did COVID nineteen first cross USA Weightlifting's radar as something to potentially pay attention to? And when did when roughly do you all remember you know making some initial plans or even contingency plans? Well, I think the first thing to say is. I'm not sure anyone foresaw it in the United States getting to the point it has today. And we're speaking a few days before this will likely be listened to. Uh, I think that's important to mention because of the speed we're working. It means our situation might be a little bit different. Um, but to answer your question directly, uh, one, you're talking to a little bit of a news addict. So um, I first heard about it, I think, as early as maybe January. Um in terms of its impact in Eastern Asia. But it first really started to, if you like, put its claws into USA weightlifting as it grew into Korea and Japan because we were hosting the Arnold, the Rogue Invitational at the Arnold, and began to get people wishing to transfer from the East Asian Championships, which got cancelled, into that event. Um, and we had a team competing in Malta, which by that point, there was a significant amount of cases in Italy. Not so much that it's Italy as we think of today, which is lockdown and 
you know, were several thousand cases, but at that point, it had got into Italy. So there was a, a few cases in Italy. Indeed, some of those lifters went on to vacation in Italy as normal um, after their experience in Malta. We also competed um, as a team, the USA, in uh, Italy, as did many different countries, um, in January. And uh, at that point, visiting Italy was the same as it has been for many, many years. Um, But it soon became less like it has been for many, many years. And uh, now, of course, you cannot visit anywhere in Europe. Um, I was in Europe the week before last as well and had no problems getting in out of Germany, no problems um, getting back into the US, and no real problems whilst I was there either. Um, But coming back here for what was scheduled to be less than one week before I went back to Europe uh, was a week that changed the world, I think. Mm -hmm. And walk us through the information you were receiving regarding the Arnold Expo, which was ultimately closed to spectators, because I remember Facebook chatting with you kind of in real time as some of that was being announced. Will they cancel it? Will they cancel the whole event? Will competition still run? Will they run without spectators? We were kind of chatting back and forth in real time. What was that information flow looking like uh, between the organizers there and USA Weightlifting? Look, and this isn't meant as a criticism of, of Classic Productions, who are the company that run the Arnold, um, because this was an unprecedented situation for them, uh, just as it was for all of us. Um, but we received information, as did uh, our partners at Columbus Weightlifting and Mark Canella, uh, basically via press conference, which was, I was in Europe at the time, so for me it was 11.30 at night. Um, you can imagine that I didn't sleep particularly well that evening. Um, because that was the press conference where they announced there would be uh, no spectators and the same press conference where Arnold said it was postponed while the governor said that there was no spectators and nobody was really clear at the end of it. Um, We then understood that it was essentially a no spectator event and registered people only. Um, And that ended up being essentially what it was, but it was a very confusing few hours for everybody. Um, and then, of course, the press conference the following day where spectators were announced as allowed and subsequently withdrawn uh, by um, the the governor of Ohio, and, and, and that was, at the end, what happened. Um, fortunately enough, we hadn't shared the um, Arnold Sports Festival's communication that would be allowed. Um, and uh, one of our members of our team who has been involved in the local news media world for a long time um, said, I, I can see that this is likely to lead to another governor of Ohio press conference. And sure enough, that's what happens. So he deserves, Kevin Farley uh, deserves a degree of credit for making that call and making it right. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience going through that, um, having a no spectator event uh, in weightlifting. Uh, I did hear some jokes and comments immediately of, oh, just like weightlifting the 1990s. Um, from a number of our older <laughs> population, which I, I, I will freely, freely admit I had a chuckle at, and um, their perspective was, oh, great, we have some spectators to disallow. You know, that that's uh, as a fair perspective on the way that weightlifting's gone. But in the end, it went off fairly well. We had a very good meet. Uh, we had some good performances. We did miss the main stage. We did miss the rogue strength stage. Um, we missed that experience for some of our top lifters and some of those lifters coming in. We did have um, one country, Samoa, who got stuck in New Zealand 
on the way because they didn't have doctor's clearance onward through New Zealand um, to get to the Arnold in time to lift. But we also picked up a couple of lifters from the Junior World Championships, ironically from New Zealand, um, who transferred once the Junior Worlds was cancelled. So the, the Arnold was a really interesting experience, which at the time we thought, well, this is as bad as it's going to get for USA weightlifting or for our sport. A week later, I uttered the words, well, thank, thank the Lord that the Arnold was last week. So I, I have to ask, what kind of information or flow have of informational flow have you gotten from the International Weightlifting Federation in regard to guidance on canceling events, postponing events? Has there been any guidance from them uh, to the national governing bodies or NGBs, as we say? Not really. Uh, I'm not sure there needs to be uh, because each country's national federation has to make their own decisions about their own events. Uh, we really look to the USOPC who have been pretty good. Um, and we've looked at as the U S Olympic and Paralympic committee. I apologize. And also obviously to state local city uh, governments to, to what they're doing. Um, the, the IWF is obviously concerned with the Olympic qualification process. Uh, so we've had communication with them about the Pan American championships uh, and communication with them on you know, what happens if a lifter who is in the junior worlds who needed that for a qualification event, can they transfer? And the answer that was yes. And they were pretty quick at putting together a policy to do that. Um, they've not really advised local uh, or national federations rather on canceling our own events, you know, such as the national championships or national masters, uh, et cetera. So how does this affect Olympic quali- the Olympic qualification timeline? I think that a lot of people who follow weightlifting closely in the United States had looked to the end of April for USA Weightlifting's Olympic team, Olympic squad, to be announced. Of course, a lot of events that factored in to Olympic qualification, gold, silver, and bronze level events are potentially postponed or canceled. So has that timeline on the official announcement of the team been pushed back at all? No, not yet. So the the International Weightlifting Federation's executive board is is meeting uh, actually right now um, to discuss that very matter. I think there's two logical ways they can go. They can either extend the qualification to attempt to hold those events, or they could potentially go uh, to um, a truncated system. Uh, either of those has upsides and downsides, and either of those has lifters who might gain or lose around the world in a in a qualification that was predicated on events existing um, uh, through to the end of April. And of course, for us in the Pan American region, that's the Pan American Championships. Um, for others, that's the Europeans, the Asians, and even some of the smaller events like the uh, Ibero-Americans in Cali, uh, which also uh, was canceled. So it's a new normal for everybody, and I think they're working through that situation. And obviously, we want to give our uh, prospective Olympians clarity absolutely as soon as we can, and we're pushing for that. And I think the IWF is now in a position to give that clarity pretty quickly, possibly even before this podcast comes out. Gotcha. And just for reference, if the for folks listening at home, we're recording this the evening of March 17th. This podcast will probably come out sometime uh, the following week, early, early next week. So things may have changed a bit. Now, thanks for giving us insight into how that timeline may change and the fact that we have some 
unknown unknowns and unknown variables still, Phil. I do want to chat a little bit about one event that I know I personally was looking forward to, and it's certainly not the most important thing right now, but that was the Golden Gala, which I believe was planned for mid-April in New York City as a fundraising and promotional event for USA Weightlifting. Is that officially off the table yet? It is. Unfortunately, we've had to make that call and and, uh, postpone the Golden Gala. Um, It is a miss. I think a lot of our athletes were looking forward to an opportunity to interact with uh, weightlifting fans or weightlifting uh, aficionados, perhaps might be a better word. Um, and a chance to you know, dress up in something that's not gym clothes uh, for an evening in New York. I think there was a lot of excitement about that. Uh, not least Kate Nye was named weightlifter of the year. And Lasha Dalakahadze was coming in as well to receive his award as the male weightlifter of the year. Uh, so we're we're really disappointed to not have that event on uh, April 14, um, and indeed the 100 Days Out event in Times Square has also been cancelled or at least postponed. Uh, I guess it's been cancelled, assuming the game stays where it is because it's no longer 100 Days Out. Um, yeah. Well, we might have a 50 Days Out, I guess, or something like that. We don't know that yet. Um I will say, I think I think we can all understand uh, if avoiding Times Square during a pandemic is something that USA Weightlifting decides to do. I, I think that's I think that makes sense. There are people who might argue avoiding Times Square in any circumstances is wise, um, but uh, it's certainly a good place to hold a promotional event. So, Phil, I want to go into some specifics about how USA Weightlifting is changing procedure and opening up new opportunities for athletes to both compete and train in the world of social distancing. But first, I have to ask, uh, you know, we've we've seen a lot of communication from the International Olympic Committee regarding not yet postponing the games, not yet canceling the games. Um, there have been a lot of kind of conflicting reports coming from different members of uh, within the IOC, different people within the IOC. We've even heard some Japanese governmental officials give their take. And I've heard three different things. A, the games is not being postponed. It'll go on as normal in starting in late July. B, the games will go on without spectators, again, as normal. Uh, C, the games will be canceled or postponed, which is a bit unprecedented in recent memory, at least in the last few decades. In your opinion, and this is obviously speculative, what do you think is likely to happen regarding this year's Olympic Games? That is speculative. Um, Okay, let me give you the hopeful version. The coronavirus started in East Asia, which is, of course, where Japan is located. And therefore, Japan was, if you like, ahead of the curve. So in other words, they got the coronavirus in their country first, um, as well as China and South Korea. Uh, And of course, China was the originating country. Um, If you look at the way that China's moving, it looks like the virus, or at least the the pandemic of the virus, is somewhat subsiding in China, in South Korea, and in Japan. That gives me a little bit of hope that by July, Japan may be ready to host the Olympic Games. The question mark might be, with that philosophy, are, ever, are, are other countries able to send their, their, in our case, lifters or swimmers or high jumpers to the Olympic Games safely? Um, so that's the hopeful version is, yes, it's still on, and that is the IOC's Uh, Current position is that the Olympics are still on in Tokyo uh, on the 24th of July. 
the, however, I do think that there's inevitability if they look at um, other possibilities in terms of postponement to later in the year if they absolutely have to. Now, if you think about the logistics of that, um, moving an, an Olympic Games-sized event even a week is an extremely large ask logistically. Um, you have so many moving parts to planning an event like the USA Weightlifting National Championships, never mind a Olympic Games of the size that the Olympics is growing. I think it's 11,000 athletes, um, plus all of the other trappings, let alone the fact you've got all those different sports going on. So I do think they'll do everything in their power to have the Olympic Games go on on the 24th of July. I also understand. Not in our sport, but in others, there are athletes of the opinion it should be postponed because there is an, there's an, a problem with training for especially team sport right now. Um, so while we have the, I guess, luxury of being able to go into a garage gym, there are a lot of sports out there who don't have that luxury, who are contact sports or who might be team sports, who it's very difficult to practice whilst because simultaneously practicing social distancing. Um, so I think there's there's athletes who have the opinion um, that a postponement will be good. I don't think that's necessarily weightlifters from any country, including ours, and it's not my view. Um, I would still like to see us go ahead on the 24th of July. I can't guarantee that's going to happen. I don't think anybody can guarantee that's going to happen now. Um, but I think we can hope. Well, certainly, and and I think right now we just don't really know. I mean, there are so many unknown variables. I do have to ask about a few different things that USA Weightlifting has announced in the recent days, really. It'll be recent weeks when this podcast comes out regarding accessibility of training and also qualification. One, obviously, a lot of events have been postponed or canceled, which I don't think anyone is saying is a bad idea at this point no. but two things two other things that come to mind are a the usa weightlifting home gym network and you'll have to correct me if i'm already getting the name of that wrong so i'd love to hear a little bit about that and i'd also love to hear about the uh online qualifier for qualifiers for some usa weightlifting events uh later this year so if you wouldn't mind giving us a little rundown on on those two opportunities for weightlifters in the USA weightlifting family to stay connected and, and train. Oh, sure. And the first thing I'll say is we're still learning about this COVID-19 response. Uh, let's be frank. It sucks for everybody, athletes, coaches, local gym owners, uh, and, and recognizing that straight up uh, is important. For us, we wanted to do as much as we could to keep athletes and to a degree coaches, I guess, in, engaged in the sport. What can we do to make sure sport doesn't stop? in terms of, of our sport, as much as that is possible in these circumstances. So we came up with a few ideas, and we're open to more. Um, the first is the, the, the ones you mentioned is the Home Gym Connection. I'll, I will correct you on the name. Um, and that, the idea here is people working out in their house. Um, so some people need some equipment. Some people need a place to go in and take a, a workout in with where they can be in a small group um, following CDC guidelines, of course, of under 10 um, and speaking to some of our sports medicine people. Um, having one or two people in a garage is fine, provided we're practicing cleaning and we're practicing social distancing. And obviously, 
if you're sick, please don't show up at somebody else's garage. Um, right. So, so that means when it, when it comes to social distancing within, say, a garage gym, I mean, people aren't aren't really sharing a squat rack here. They're not sharing a barbell. They're maintaining what is it a six feet di- six foot distance? That's right. So you need to be six feet apart. Is uh, is the social distancing guidelines? Uh, and how has the reception to that to that network and that announcement been so far? Generally, really good. I think people appreciate we're trying to do something to help uh, people across uh, the USA Weightlifting Network. I think people are appreciating the ability to be connected with one another. Um, I think people, to a degree, are just enjoying the ability to share some of the problems they're facing. We're trying to get their workout in. Um, overall, there, there are certainly one or two people who have said, look, just be careful. Uh, I think that's a reasonable perspective, and that's why we've given some guidance. And so are some professionals uh, in that group on, look, this is how to do this safely and properly. Uh, and obviously, that's what we want to do. Um, but overall, I think people are generally appreciative. We're trying to do something to um, keep everyone healthy, working out, and enjoying weightlifting whilst they're uh, quarantined or whilst they're uh, working from home or at home by, in some cases, order. Gotcha. And regarding the uh, online qualifiers that USA Weightlifting recently announced. Yep. So um, this is another example of the same, really, of, well, a lot of local competitions are being canceled across the country, so what can we do? So um, we took a leaf right out of the CrossFit playbook, and we went to online video competitions. Uh, so the idea here is put your phone uh, in front of you so you can see the full body, uh, preferably 400 centimeters away, which is what a regulation weightlifting referee is from uh, the platform. If you can't do that in your garage, just get the camera so at least we can see your feet and we can see your elbows. Um, and basically, that's a way to compete. And we'll register that as a local meet result, um, sufficient to qualify you to the World Masters Championship, and Masters Championship, National Championships, National Youth Championships, or the AO2 and AO3. Another way we can just keep people engaged in the sport. And, and the one you haven't mentioned as well, being at home, is for those who don't have equipment uh, or don't have access e- easily to equipment, um, is to be able to uh, do our Keep Lifting at Home program, um, which is our basically our body weight program. Um, so we've got a program that's going out three times a week uh, with some videos, which is some good flexibility and keep fit exercises that people can do in their own home whilst they're at home. Well, Phil, thanks so much for joining me during what I know is a hectic time for you with calls to Europe and, and telecommuting to IWF conferences and meetings. So I, I do very much appreciate it. And I really appreciate you giving a rundown on what USA Weightlifting is doing to keep the community athletes and coaches engaged. Hopefully this is something uh, that we get to look back on sooner rather than later. But I know we're all preparing for potentially a long, longer slog as uh, the pandemic hopefully runs its course. So thanks so much for joining us. And uh, hopefully the next time we chat, it'll be um, during slightly, slightly more optimistic times. I think it's possible to be any other time. (laughs) (laughs) Phil Andrews, thanks so much for joining us. Cheers, Dave. Thank you.